Hi friends, welcome to the Friends of France podcast. In this safe space, we are favored in each episode with the presence of an expert guest from different fields and specialties as we learn about their life journeys, their successes, possible regrets, and realizations, their work, why they do what they do, and even their life outside of work. In here, we tear down common myths and misinformation with up-to-date, evidence-based science and data simplified for anyone to digest. We don't shy away from topics that can sometimes be polarizing or taboo. We normalize the humanization of healthcare and its workers, and we promote the importance of self-care and safeguarding your mental health. Please keep in mind that the conversations in this podcast are for educational and informational purposes only. They are not implied or intended to be a substitute for professional medical diagnosis, advice, or treatment. Please always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare providers regarding a medical condition. Are you ready? Let's go! Hi friends, happy Friday, hope you're all doing well. You guessed right, we have another episode of the Friends of France podcast. And what I'm doing right now is very timely to our episode today. Can you guess what it is? Well, look back at the title. (laughs) I have a face mask on right now. It's collagen and vitamin C. Feeling a bit hydrated tonight, because I have to wake up at 4am tomorrow. But that's my worries for tomorrow morning, if I do wake up (laughs) on time. So, yes, our episode today is centered around all things face masks and face sheets, hydration, moisturizing. Does this ring a bell? It's one of my most favorite topics in the whole wide world, and I can talk about it the whole day. Yes, skincare! You know, I love all things skincare. I love trying out the newest products. I love researching about the newest studies about ingredients out in the market. I love trying different brands and trying out their new product launches. But honestly, the world of skincare was very triggering for me many years ago. I have had a very, very torn and complicated relationship with skincare, but mainly because of my skin. There was a time when I lost trust in skincare. I was scared of it. The smell of tea tree oil would give me anxiety. The feeling of a foam cleanser would make my heart beat even faster. And it was all because of my skin. Because of acne. Sometime around the end of 8th grade, I started noticing some bumps on my left cheek. I thought it was just probably an allergic reaction. Or probably prickly heat bumps. But... It got worse after that. All throughout high school, I had severe acne. Pimples upon pimples, breakouts upon breakouts. I don't remember a single day or a single week where I didn't have a new breakout. My skin was so inflamed and so irritated and just so pimply that it would turn purple. When I rest my face in the pillow, my pimples would pop and I would have blood and pus all over my pillows. I grew out my bangs, I grew out my hair, I wore hoodies during the summer with the hood on, I would always turn my cheek to the other side, all because I was so ashamed of my face, and I was so scared about what everybody else would think about me. I would cry every night looking at the mirror, I would try a new product out of desperation. When my birthday would come, my mom would ask me, what would you like for your birthday? And I'm like, Just take me to the dermatologist, please. I believed that I was ugly, that no one would ever like me, that no one would ever fall in love with me. That when I passed by in the hallways or in the streets, all people could see was my face. 
And there have been incidents where I have been so ashamed publicly because of how I look like with all of my breakouts. But that's a story for another day. And then I found the right skincare for me throughout the years after knowing what worked, what didn't work. I mean, no sponsorship in this episode, but even my expert guests would agree because we both love it. When I tried Curology, my skin started to change over some time and, you know, Curology aside, just the fact that my face cleared up, you know, I did some lifestyle changes, I really limited the amount of dairy that I took, learned different stress management techniques, all of that contributed together to such a beautiful thing of confidence that we will talk about in our episode today. It's just so powerful and so interesting how, because of what you feel about yourself and how you see yourself as, it kind of like emanates the rest of the world and how they view you. That is technically the crux of the topic of our podcast episode today. It's about skincare, the power that skincare holds, the confidence that it brings, the agency that it ascribes to an individual, the power to make informed choices about different types of skincare and skincare products. And also just resorting to skincare, not just for the physical and superficial and facial benefits, but also for the sense of peace and comfort and again, agency that it gives us. I'm so excited for you to meet our expert guest today and to hear about our conversations about skincare and beauty and the sense of self through this amazing ritual that you can have day and night. Jude Chow, also known as Fitty Snails, is a renowned skincare and beauty writer. She is the mind behind the blog Fifty Shades of Snail, and she is the digital marketing director of the skincare company Holy Snails. She is the founder of Love Jude Skincare Sheet Masks, which I am wearing right now on my face. The author of the 2021 book Skincare for Your Soul, must read. Any questions you have about skincare, beginners, even advanced, I put you on. So Jude was first known as a jump starter when it comes to skincare being tied with self-care. She had a 2015 essay titled How My Elaborate Korean Skincare Routine Helps Me Fight Depression, which appeared in fashionista.com. She is truly deserving of all accolades, called as the reigning queen of skincare by New York Magazine, must follow beauty expert by W Magazine and Vogue Magazine, and also Elle has called her the cool beauty blogger to watch. I have so much love for Jude, and I'm so grateful that she has joined me in today's episode, and I hope you get to learn a lot, and I hope you also get to find maybe a newfound love in skincare that is not just for the skin, but it's also for yourself. Enjoy! Hi! Hello! Hey, how are you? For some reason, I feel like I'm underwater. I don't think there's like water that got into my um, earphones. But anyway, thank you so much for joining the space with me tonight. I've been looking forward to this for a while now. I know we talked about this like a few months ago too, and it's finally here. I'm super happy to be here. Thank you for asking me. Of course, of course. The live streams that I've been doing like the past year, it's mostly like within my sphere of healthcare and physicians and nurses. But then I was like, we need to talk about skincare. I mean, it's one of the things that I truly, truly love in this world. And it's one of those things that I've had my fair share of ups and downs with in skincare. And uh, I have the greatest honor of having one of the icons with me. Jude, if you could please introduce yourself to everybody. Hi, guys. I'm Jude. I am a beauty blogger first at Fifty Shades of Snail. I have a skincare blog. I have this Instagram, obviously, Fitty Snails. I published a book last year, Skincare for Your Soul, which was kind of a hybrid, like skincare and self-care <laughs> book. Because for me, skincare has always, 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 
always been a really important tool to help me manage anxiety and depression. Like it's a really good, I don't want to say coping mechanism. I think that sounds negative, but I think that it's one of the routines that has helped me really stay on track mentally and with other parts of my life too. And I have a sheet mask brand. I love Jude, which I know Chris has too. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm super happy to be here, guys, and nice to meet you. Yes. I think it was a few weeks ago. I was thinking of, I think the world of skincare has always been there. I mean, growing up, I've seen like pond cream and this isn't that. And I feel like especially within the Asian culture, skincare and makeup has always been an integral part of it. I mean, we've heard this booming J-beauty, K-beauty. 20, 30 steps. But I think it was during the pandemic, during lockdowns, right? When everyone was at home and everyone was able to like experiment with everything. And people who've never done really any skincare regimen finally started. But that's not the case for you because you have been in this world of skincare for a while. Can you please tell us where did your love for skincare root from? When did this all start? Yes, my mom because growing up like you said it's something that's really kind of baked into the experience of asian women i think especially my mom like some of my first memories of cosmetics and beauty was mom going to the clinic counter at the mall going to stay lauder counter like i remember the products that she used she had the clinic soap in the green plastic <laughs> thing and she had like the whole clinic three-step system um, she would go when they had the gift of purchase so we would get like the little free makeups and stuff too like she took really good care of her skin and her appearance and even when she like she was sick for a lot of my childhood she had cancer but I saw her still really taking care of herself as much as she could even when she was sick so I didn't grow up thinking of beauty and cosmetics as like looking pretty to attract people or whatever I always saw it as this statement of respecting yourself and kind of putting your best self on display at all times even if you don't feel good because it's like an assertion of your control of yourself and so I'd always been interested but I think back then I'm 42 guys so I grew up in like the 80s and the 90s and just kind of the skincare that was available that wasn't really expensive in the US was not that great. I mean, it was like clean and clear, whatever, <laughs> <laughs> and um, but it took me and I was, I was interested in it, but it took me, I think, until I was like 31, 32, when I was kind of making enough money to start actually being like, okay, I can buy different things and explore different things. It was a really good timing because that's right when like social media and Reddit and kind of skincare forums were really getting big too. So there was a much more extensive body of knowledge and just people sharing their experiences to choose from. And final, like a good timing that's when k-beauty was starting to get big too because people are into like k-pop k-drama there was like a real big moment there so all those things sort of hit at the same time and i just started like experimenting with korean products and started a blog and like here we are now yeah it's so amazing how everything turned out right like you were really just in the beginning like a byproduct of seeing what your mom went through especially with skincare and how it led you to where you are now i mean i remember your blog like their 2015 blog regarding korean beauty and i think this is also where it all stemmed from right what do you think is the connection between i guess what have you seen in your mom as well between skincare and for you like when it comes to self-care what does skincare mean to you beyond all of the oh i want to have you know a clear face oh i want to try to slow down the signs of aging as much as possible with retinoids what do you think is the actual crux of skincare 
take this with just remember like i'm super type a and i'm not hiding it um for me a lot of it is control so i think especially when we kind of hit like 30 35 years old and i have a kid too there's a really prevalent narrative that you just kind of like lose control of your body your appearance it's just like oh it's all downhill from here you can't do anything about it and that really bothers me because actually there's a lot that you can control and not even like that expensive like you don't have to get procedures you don't have to go super high end like literally mm-hmm. just things like sunscreen retinoids and a good moisturizer can put so much control control of how you look mm-hmm. back in your own hands and like just beyond the actual superficial benefits it's I think that having that knowledge is really really empowering and it kind of bleeds over into other areas of life too because it's just this sense that you have agency over yourself and your life and it also just feels good like I love doing yeah. my evening routine at the end of the day and just like sitting and being able to relax and like smell something nice and put something nice on mm-hmm. and it's a really good way to like wind down so I think yeah. that's why it became such a big part of my routine yeah super agree I mean it sounds like after such a long and tiring day sometimes in the middle of the day I'm just like I can't wait to go home tonight and do my skincare routine <laughs> like i think it's become such a way of life like it's really part of culture i look forward to trying new things i look forward to that feeling of oh, it feels so refreshing so yes i actually finished your book which is so amazing i actually want to read from the forward when i first read this it really hit me you wrote skincare isn't magic nothing is but it has changed my life and the life of others in ways that go far beyond how our faces look and uh, i truly love that and also i think it was in your 2015 you said i love the way my skin looks now but even more importantly i love the way i feel in it and that's so true like it's so so true like you really don't have to go high-end or I mean that's for anybody else, but a $300 hyaluronic acid serum <laughs> $170 vitamin C serum okay yeah I, mean, yeah. I, I didn't want to say it but you know just to put it out there um I mean props to those who do use it and who do love it but even just that you know, $10 CeraVe gentle cleanser, it makes such a difference in how you feel. And like when it comes to life outlook, how do you think skincare change your life? Okay, so I'm going to connect it back to something that you just said about how like just using a $10 CeraVe cleanser can make a big difference. Yeah. Okay, so when I was younger, when I was a student and I was like super broke, what I was able to use on my face or my skin is just like whatever was cheap, right? So I kind of knew it's good to exfoliate sometimes. I didn't really know anything more than that. So just using like my scrubby glove in the shower <laughs> and like literally whatever just was on sale for face wash and whatever was on sale for lotion. And that's fine, but the difference between that and now is like having an active choice. Because when you build a little bit of knowledge base, and you don't even have to be like super knowledgeable, but just enough to know like which kind of cleanser works well for me and kind of know what to look for in moisturizers. When you feel like you're making choices from a place of knowledge and you're making active choices based on what's good for you and not just whatever is available, I think it helps to shift your mindset 
overall into one that's much more I mean, I keep using this word, but like empowered yeah. because yeah. you're taking control of something. And I definitely notice that I'm like this now, much more like other areas of my life too, like what I eat, my just kind mm-hmm. of daily habits. And I do mm-hmm. feel that a lot of those other like more substantial benefits came directly from having learned that from skincare. Yeah, super agree. That sense of being in Powered, I think it also roots a lot from the knowledge that you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, when I was reading your book, I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know this. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know this was before this. I think the world of skincare has become so, 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 so big. I mean, which is not a bad thing. It allows people to have fun. You know, people try on different essences. People try on different toners, different mists and stuff like this. It's a space for people to have fun, which is great. But at the same time, they actually do change lives because of their effects. Not just in like the mental health aspect and the self-care aspect that we'll delve more into, but literally just physically. As someone who went through severe acne back in high school and college, there was a point where I didn't trust skincare products at all because I tried everything. I mean, a lot of name drop here. I tried Proactive, yeah. I tried Neutrogena, stuff like this. And at the same time, I don't think it's on the brand. I think it's on my skin. Like everyone's skin is different and this might work for some people. It obviously didn't work for mine. And it was just a journey of trying to find the right products that finally changed my skin and changed my life. And I think that rooted from my experience too of, oh, I know this doesn't work for me. Oh, this is the ingredient that I need. And that sense of empowerment that, oh, now I can choose because now I know what I'm looking out for. I mean, when I was younger, I didn't know that I needed retinol or I didn't know I needed sunscreen (laughs) or stuff like that. How did you venture into this path of knowing, oh, this is what I need and this is what people generally need. I mean, to have written this book, there's a lot and a lot of knowledge and experience that comes with these products. How did you venture through that? So in the beginning, a lot of it, it was kind of like, so Reddit Skincare Addiction subreddit at the time (laughs) was like, super super science focused like there's a lot of like scandalous backstory but the front end of that (laughs) website at the time was like super science focused and so people would talk about like studies and how much spf you actually need this and that so i had learned kind of the basics there like cleanser ph has bha sunscreens those are the things i took from there and then as i got more curious and i got more confident in being able to look stuff up on my own a lot of it was finding other bloggers and content creators who I felt were really, really credible. And I learned a lot from them. Like Lab Muffin, Michelle yeah, is yeah. like one of my favorite human beings, but also yeah. she is so great at like, taking the science and being able to explain it in a way that people who aren't also mm-hmm. chemists or scientists can really understand. Between mm-hmm. Michelle and then Stephen, kind of Stephen, mm-hmm. and a few other content mm-hmm. creators at the mm-hmm. time were just a super good jumping off point. But before I forget, I want to go back to you because we we're talking about how skincare is life-changing. And yeah. I wanted to say something when you were talking about your journey. The confidence. I forgot to mention that before, but the confidence boost that people get is truly definitely life-changing. I think I've wrote about this before. You know, a lot of people have like issues with their skin and it creates an insecurity overall that goes into your whole life. Like you may sometimes not go to something social because you feel self-conscious about your skin that day. You may not take as many risks or put yourself forward for as many opportunities directly if you boil it down because you don't have the self-confidence and part of that is 
because you have no self-confidence about your face. Like the more that you find the solutions that can kind of fix those physical issues and gain that like increased confidence and self-esteem from that, it's like you can find yourself doing a lot more, right? Like mm-hmm. you put yourself out more, you mm-hmm. feel more good about just like going into social events, meeting people, engaging with people. Mm-hmm. And so I noticed that too with myself, like that is truly life-changing. As someone with acne and blemish-prone skin, facial scarring and hyperpigmentation have always been my issues since high school. Acne has robbed me of my self-confidence throughout my schooling years, and having its visible reminders on my face to this day continues to do so. But I have found silver linings of hope having used RescueMD's DNA Repair Complex Serum. Plastic surgeon developed, RescueMD seeks to harness the powers of science and two decades of patient experience in providing a multi-benefit skin renewal serum that provides real results and improves the appearance of visible skin damage. Beyond my personal skin concerns, the serum also seeks to adjust a breadth of damage from varying external stressors, including hypertrophic and surgery scars, burns and chemical burns, cuts, scrapes, and bug bites. All of these are targeted by supporting the skin's natural healing process through its infusion with RescueMD's patented LabCall, a proprietary anti-inflammatory skincare technology that targets skin damage at the DNA level. The serum also contains a hand-selected blend of other ingredients such as peptides to help strengthen the skin, botanicals like rosehip to soothe, and moisturizing agents such as dimethicone and allantoin that helps to speed up skin recovery. The DNA Repair Complex Serum has been my daily friend, and every day, I feel like I can take back what my scars have stolen from me. Definitely, each skin is different and results are not guaranteed, but I hope that you can find your silver lining too. In partnership with RescueMD, you can get 15% off your order on rescuemd.com with the code FOF15. The serum is also now available on bloomingdales.com. Discover what healthy skin healing means with RescueMD. Growing up with my mom, who has been a nurse for the past 30 years, I would always take an adventure in her bookshelf filled with nursing and medical textbooks, encyclopedias, and various human anatomy posters. I still remember perusing through an encyclopedia as a six-year-old, trying to look for pictures of eyes and muscles, attempting to pronounce their lengthy names since I could not really understand explanations about the different body parts. Despite the myriad of children's books with topics ranging from magical universities to talking animals and the different types of rocks, there weren't really any books in the workings of the human body when I was a child. For children, written by physicians, Dr. Betty and Dr. Brandon, the Medical School for Kids book series now provides a charming, easy-to-understand introduction to the wonders of the medical field. These books feature beautiful illustrations and simple explanations, teaching children and adults alike about the anatomy, physiology, and diseases of the body. From distinguishing a normal mole from melanoma, to discovering the importance of eating healthy food for heart health, to knowing the vital signs that are monitored in the operating room, people of all ages can truly learn something new through these books, as they are designed to teach real medical concepts to readers of all ages in ways that anyone can understand. Take an educational adventure into the intricacies of every organ system of the human body. Paperback copies of the books are available for purchase on Amazon.com and eligible for two-day Prime delivery. Kindle versions of the books are also available on Amazon and free with Kindle Unlimited. You can also visit the website md4kids.org for more information. Get ready for an adventure on the medical school bus! That confidence, oh my gosh, I can just remember I didn't want to go out. I would throw my bangs purposely just so I could hide my forehead. My forehead was 
flooded with breakouts. It came to the point that everything was purple and I would lie down my head in the pillow. They would pop and it would like bleed. And during birthdays, my mom would be like, oh, what do you want for your birthday? I was like, I just want to go to the dermatologist. <laughs> and so yeah, definitely when it comes to like self-confidence, it truly is life-changing. I mean, I don't have perfect skin. I have acne scars and pitting here and there. But that renewed sense of, you know, like, oh my gosh, I can face people. I can face the world. It truly is life-changing. And that's a big thing that you advocate for, right? Is that self-confidence that it all really roots down from that sense of empowerment that, oh, I, I can make the right choices based on the knowledge I know with these products. And there was a point when my skin my skin is kind of clearing up where I was like, I'm so scared. What if it comes back in like a month or two months? But getting to know these products and really trying them out and finding my regimen that worked for me, which may not be the regimen that right for everybody who has acne or different skin concerns, I consider you as one of the skincare icons and experts. What do you think is the basic skincare regimen that someone can start with? Okay, so I think the really foundational skincare routine that anyone who's like wants to take care of their skin should have is cleanser. So generally, for most people, I always say choose something that's gentle like neutral to low pH because in general it's more friendly to the skin barrier which helps mm -hmm. your skin like hold moisture in keep bacteria out some people actually have told me and I believe it because everyone's different that higher pH like harsher cleansers are actually better for them so that's fine but the point is mm -hmm. take your time find a cleanser that gets your skin clean without being squeaky mm -hmm. you shouldn't like dry your face off after the shower and it's instantly like so dry and tight like that's not good so find a good cleanser some kind of moisturizer, even for oily skin. Like, you know, people are really surprised that like a lot of people with oily skin discover that when they start using a moisturizer, it actually starts to feel more under control. You know, and there's a lot of different mechanisms for that. But so mm. I would say like, even if you have oily skin, try a lightweight moisturizer, like a gel, a gel cream, and just see how mm -hmm. that goes for your skin. And then sunscreen, of course. Like some kind of sunscreen, you don't have to go crazy with it. You don't have to like go Japanese SPF 50 plus, but some kind of broad spectrum, at least an SPF 30, put it on generously, not just for the beach, not just for hiking, but like as part of your everyday routine. With just those three things, I think most people who haven't been taking care of their skin will see like a noticeable improvement. I was in a skincare store, I think it was yesterday with a friend, and they were looking for sunscreen. I was like, oh, you could try this or that. And I said, how long does it take you to finish your bottle? They're like, probably almost like a year. I was like, a year? And I was like, excuse me? They even put it? And they were like, yeah, I feel like a dot and all over my face. I thought I had a heart attack when I heard that. And I said, we're going to fix that right now, which takes me back to Dr. Danielle Bilardo, the cardiologist, had a podcast episode with Dr. Renella Hirsch and talked about your legendary method of um, two fingers, right? For sunscreen. Actually, ever since I read this somewhere from you, I've been starting that and I've been telling everybody, you got to do the Jude method, two fingers. Yeah, and I mean... You can't really blame people because people sometimes use skincare as a necessity. They don't know that they could have fun with it, you know? It's fun to put on skincare. Like you said, sponsor, 
sunscreen and moisturizer, right? What do you think would be your favorite part of a skincare routine? Moisturizer. Um, if we're going with the if we're going with the basics that we just talked about, then definitely moisturizing because like there's certain types of moisturizer that just the texture. Like I get obsessed, like gel creams and water drop creams because they just feel like really good and have kind of like fun gimmicky effect. Like water drop creams, it's like a very unique water and silicone emulsified, and it's very unique because when you rub it on, it like breaks up into little tiny water beads on your skin, and so that's just cool. Like it just feels good. So I love that. If we're talking about like other stuff, I always love the serum stuff because that's kind of where I play with more exciting ingredients like ginseng and stuff like that oh yeah but yeah Yeah. that's definitely like what's cool about skincare now is there's so many just cool concepts and ingredients to try if you don't go into it expecting that everything is going to be a miracle but you're just willing to like try and play around it's fun yeah it's so fun i mean there's skincare ingredients for everything and from everything and i think this is also tagging away from the three basics of moisturizer sunscreen and cleanser we have essences we have toners we have serums we have oils we have retinoids there is literally a product for we have chlorophyll and bakuchiol we have caffeine we have everything but your favorite you said was serum right if it's outside of Mm -hmm. basics what serum would that be? Right now, I'm going to say, like, the one that I always have in my routine is the Cosrx Snail Essence. Like, it's called Essence, but it's really thick, so I just think yeah. of it as a serum. And then, like, I'll try as often as I can to have one of the Sylvester Ginseng serums in my routine. Um, yeah, because their Ginseng just does great things for my skin. And it's sort of like, you know, on the marketing side, like, they have a really cool brand story. Yeah. So it just kind of yeah. makes using the product more exciting, too. I love Cosrx, actually. I love Cosrx. I think it's one of those brands that I'm just like, I can't get away from this. <laughs> I just love all of their products. Even within this world of skincare where, you know, so many helpful products, right? We've seen changes in skin with retinoids and vitamin C and brightening stuff. Are there ingredients you think that complete marketing? Just like no uses whatsoever. I mean, I think that's hard to say because what really doesn't work well for me might actually be useful yeah. for someone else. Mm-hmm. I will say that something that really gets my nerves and I think is like ridiculous marketing is the way that some brands will push hyaluronic acid as if it's like this premium clinical ingredient. It, because there's an association for people that are familiar with it as an injectable. Like I've seen brands that like the branding and the packaging are designed yeah. to look like a syringe. Like it's supposed to evoke yeah. this idea, this like expectation yeah. that it's going to do like this injectable style plumping in your face. And I'm like, if that is like a basic humectant, you could find that in every single product that comes out of Japan and Korea. Like, how yeah. are you taking this and making it the star ingredient of your product and then charging like way too much money for it when there's nothing else special in the product at all? So I guess that's the big pitfall for people that are new to skincare, right? It's kind of falling for a lot of this marketing. And because like brands are really good at this, they're really good at making things sound good. They're really good at like oh, yeah. implying claims without yeah. actually saying them so mm-hmm. yeah but like hyaluronic acid like it's a great ingredient it's not like super premium clinical medical grade you yeah. know yeah i think the serums that i use a lot of products have sodium hyaluronic or hyaluronic right. in them already uh, right 
even me, like I never really got the hyaluronic acid by itself. I mean, I mean again, no offense to the brand that has like a one hundred tummy bar <laughs> hyaluronic acid serum. Good for them, but I think hyaluronic acid is one of one of those things. What do you think is the biggest myth that you've heard so far about the world of skincare or of any of the ingredients that we have? Ooh, that's a good one. So for like a really general myth. I often hear that like over-the-counter skincare, you know, just cosmetic skincare is all a scam and none of it actually does anything on your skin. I think there's like, you know, we don't even really need to go into the details and all the studies because we can see from like the thousands of people that we personally interact with mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. our social media that have are people that have only used over-the-counter skincare and seen great results that it does do yeah. stuff. Exactly. Also from our own personal experience. And I think the myth that I hear a lot and that doesn't really go away for like specific product is that you shouldn't wear a sheet mask for longer than like 10-15 minutes because it'll suck the moisture back out of your skin, which I want to say for the record, that's not how it works. That's not like skin doesn't do that. If it like if that was an issue, then you would find that you could put like a paper towel on your cheek for a while and then it would like make your skin more dry. So what will happen if you do wear a sheet mask for longer than it stays? away is it's going to feel weird when you pull it off Mm -hmm. if afterwards your face feels more dry that's generally because you didn't put a moisturizer afterwards so between like hydrating and moisturizing skincare hydration like humectants like hyaluronic acid and glycerin well like the rate of evaporation from your skin is still going to be pretty normal unless you put Mm -hmm. some kind of occlusive moisturizer over it to hold it in as a barrier so i think that's where the misconception comes from is that sensation same kind of thing with people that the myth that humectants in really dry climates will pull more moisture out of your skin, which mm-hmm. is also not how that works, but mm-hmm. it feels that way to people if they didn't adequately like lock it in. Sometimes I leave my sheet mask on for like an hour and a half or two. Yeah. And must I say with your sheet mask, they're like, this is no player. They're honestly so juicy that even after two hours, I'm like, it's still not dry. <laughs> That was, I think that's what I really wanted though. So when we were testing yeah. out different samples and a lot of it, like it's both the formula of the essence and the material. When I was trying out different materials, like the samples that I got sent from the factory, yeah. some of them were really cool because they were so thin, but they would just dry out really fast. And my favorite sheet masks are the kind that I can put on for like 45 minutes and not really think about it and then take it off. Because I always feel like I get the most benefit the longer that I leave it on. Yeah, I mean, there's some sheet masks that I use in the, past that they're so thick that one physically i really feel like my skin couldn't breathe (laughs) with all of the juices underneath but also at the same time with how thick they were they were like dry in 30 minutes Mm -hmm. i was like i didn't even get the maximum effect of the shoes and i actually wanted to ask about first you were a consumer of skincare products and obviously still are how's that transition to being actually making a skincare product. You've been really lucky. So obviously I would never like call myself a formulator or anything. Uh, That's something that I work on with the formulators in the lab at our factory. But it has been a really smooth transition for me because the way that it has worked is historically I've been like the mask to have X and Y effects. And these are some of the ingredients that I know from like 
my experience and my sort of knowledge and observation of other people, I know that these ingredients generally are really good for that. So they'll kind of have those sticks and go through and like create samples and we can refine from there and add more ingredients from there. Um, I think it varies a lot depending on the creator and the brand, but that's been Mm -hmm. how it's gone for me. And I felt like they've really taken like what I want makes it into the product. Like it feels like a dream come true. I can't imagine. I mean, you said you were type A, right? How was the actual like logistical and technical process of, I guess in your mind, it's like, oh, this has to be really, really, really good. I mean, as someone who is a consumer, right? And you know what you want in skincare and you know what you're looking for. Was there pressure in you to when making this product you think we're bootstrapped so there was a lot of pressure because it's our <laughs> it's like our bank accounts right. and i have like an internal pressure because i put my name on that like i've had opportunities before to do this kind of thing in collaboration with other brands and i have like just sort of pulled out because i didn't feel good about the samples that they were coming up with and i didn't want to put my name on it like i don't want mm. to put my name on something that i'm not proud of yeah. just to be able to yeah. say that i did it like mm. What we made is what I use and what I would feel completely happy to use like forever. Yeah. So it was like getting it to that point was really nerve wracking. I have like boxes here. It was in the store in Chinatown where mm-hmm. I went for the opening weekend, right? And I got a lot because really, really, really one feels so good in the skin, but also the artwork is so cute. The art That's my partner. And we talked about this too. The artwork is, I mean, I'm just show. Look at this. I mean, look at that. It's so cute. It is so cute. You made amazing products. You made amazing sheet masks. And <laughs> you leveled it up with an amazing book. Where did this inspiration come from for the book? I mean, it has come to a point where my one of my friends asked me, Oh, um, do you have a guide how to start skincare for never start? I was like, Okay, there's this book. I'm just going to tell you to read it. <laughs> if you still have questions after reading the book, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it, every ingredient is there. If you can't find your answers there, I don't know. I, that's on you. But can you please tell us the process of what led to making this book and what was your vision behind it? Because it's so amazing. It's so informative. I love it. Okay, so I think writing a book has always been kind of on the on the list of stuff that I like to do. I was an English major. I was a writer mm-hmm. first. Um, and I'm still like much more of a reader than a viewer. Yeah. Too. You were an editor, right? Exactly. Yeah. So but as I was thinking about like writing a skincare book, I was looking around and going like books that are specifically like already about skincare, skincare guides. Like I think that that's not something that's super uncommon. Like there's loads of those. Mm-hmm. And I sort of knew going into the idea of approaching publishers that you have to have like you have to bring your unique take on something to the concept or else like there's not really any particular reason that you would say like, get mine and not someone else's. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I have felt resonated a lot with the people that have been following me forever is the self-care angle because it's really just more it's not just about like the ingredients and everything it's how you take care of yourself like it's a complete mm-hmm. lifestyle sort mm-hmm. of thing mm-hmm. so I think it really clicked when I started thinking about it from that angle of how do I put these two together into a book and it was like so I think one of my big concerns was like haven't I already written all this stuff so we're on my blog but mm-hmm. the blog has like 250 300 posts they're not really in any kind of order 
order besides chronological. Mm-hmm. So someone that's new, just get who's going to go to my blog and be like, what the hell, dude? I don't know where to start. <laughs> Which is where, so I just, as I worked on it with my editor at, at the publishing house, like the way that I looked at it was, how can I put this together so that it's accessible for someone who really doesn't know anything about skincare yet? Mm-hmm. Like an introduction. And mm-hmm. once that was in place, I like writing it was actually not that bad because I had mm-hmm. a whole outline. So I had a roadmap and I wrote it during the pandemic, like early pandemic days. Mm-hmm. I signed the contract with Mango like a week before everything locked down. It was March 2020. And I freaked out because we had like, I had looked at my outline and gone, it's not going to take that long to write yeah. this. So I basically said, let's shoot for a deadline of like, I think it was like July, August. Mm-hmm. So it was like three, four months. And then everything locked down. And that means that my son was going to be at home all the time. He's going to be doing mm-hmm. online schooling. Yeah. And that just like changed a lot of things. So I had to go back to my editor and I was like, yeah, so we're going to have to like extend the deadline. A little bit. Yeah, what are you yeah. do this in that time? Um, but yes, I wrote it over early pandemic days, basically. That's mm-hmm. what I was doing when we were like, you know, ordering toilet paper and everything. <laughs> yeah. Those were the days. I mean, let me tell you, this pandemic has really changed a lot of stuff. Yeah. A lot of stuff. And time is just flying and flying. But at the same time, so many great things came out of it. Like one, this book. And also, I feel like the world of skincare has really evolved in this past two years. I think, it's like I said earlier, everyone was home. Everyone was trying everything. People were making beauty vlog videos all over YouTube, reacting to skincare online, reacting to ingredients and stuff like that. And the truth is, with so much constituents to the whole world of skincare now, it can get confusing. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes I'm looking at, say, a website and looking at the product and like, okay, I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> I was like, there, there is so many things in here. There was one day, I think a few months ago, I walked into Sephora because I was looking for a lip balm. I was like, whoa, I feel overwhelmed. There's like 500 brands in here. And it's not and it's so understandable why someone who's new to skincare would get so so overwhelmed by it like i don't know where to start which one do i use is this good and then with so many information and sources of information coming from different corners it's like this this ingredient react with this can i use this with this and it's such a confusing space that's why it's great to have like I mean, now this is the roadmap for everybody. So when I tell my friends, if you still have questions, I literally don't know what to tell you after. <laughs> I think all my questions are answered after reading yeah. it. If you still have questions, I'm just, yeah. <laughs> all throughout high school and bouts of college, I suffered from severe acne. I cried almost every day looking at the mirror. I wore hoodies during the summer to hide my cheeks. When my mom asked me what I wanted for my birthday, All I wished for was a visit to the dermatologist. I tried so many products and saw so many estheticians, physicians, and other advanced providers. But I know that my mere access to these products and providers is a privilege. Many who suffer from acne and other skin conditions live in many underserved populations where access to dermatology specialists can be difficult due to limited resources. To help bridge this divide, Benapadia, a dermatology nurse practitioner, recently launched Your Skincare Experts Derm Course, which can allow other specialties to provide comprehensive care to patients through dermatology in places where access may be limited. 
The course can also be used to help better train extended providers within the field of dermatology to feel confident and empowered in their knowledge. From fortifying skin anatomy to identifying skin types and concerns, breaking down acne, building skincare routines, and going over active ingredients, the course seeks to further knowledge in skincare, anti-aging, acne, and overall holistic skin health. Friends of France is partnering with Your Skincare Expert so that you can get 10% of the course with the code FRANZ, that's F-R-A-N-Z, or visit yourskincareexpert.com slash FRANZ. My skin and my life were changed by the right products and the right people. Through this course, I hope that this would also be made possible for others. Anyone who knows me knows that I love boba. After a heavy dinner? No problem. I have a second stomach for boba, and sometimes even a third. But each cup of bubble tea is definitely a guilty pleasure, given that the average cafe-made milk tea has over 100 calories per serving, over 20 grams of high glycemic sugar, and is packed with artificial flavors. I am so glad that the guilty days are over with Twirl, the world's first canned, plant-based milk tea, with only 45 to 50 calories per serving, and containing 6 to 7 grams of sugar, and low glycemic sweeteners at that, goodbye to sugar crash, Twirl is made with pea milk, the most sustainable plant-based milk on the market, regenerating the soil where it comes from. This is thanks to the fact that fair trade and organic are the names of the game as the teas are sourced from biodiverse family farms in China, Japan, and Taiwan that practice sustainable farming techniques. No artificial flavors are ever used. Choose from three antioxidant flavors of the chocolatey Taiwan-style black milk tea, floral jasmine, and nutty hojicha. Enjoy all of these flavors, each being nitro-infused that you can feel and hear their fresh, silky, and creamy texture with each pop of the can. Let's enjoy tasty, creamy, shelf-stable, and healthy milk tea together for 10% off using the code FRANZ10. That's F-R-A-N-Z-1-0. Now available on twirlmilktea.com or Amazon. Twirl around in its goodness. Given that like we were in lockdowns during the pandemic, what do you think was the best part out of it when it comes to skincare? I think we saw how agile the skincare industry oh, is yeah. now. And that was really neat. So I mean kind of going back to like how old I am, it used to be like <laughs> I think with Western skincare, especially like kind of mass market drugstore level, mm-hmm. there's not that many new releases. You would maybe see something new like once every year or so. Mostly I mean like I'll go to Rite Aid and it's like the exact same stuff that's been there for like the last five years. Yeah. But with the pandemic and with people suddenly having concerns about like mask me, for example, mm. um, and with people having issues with like hand sanitizer and just dryness overall, you see how quickly brands were able to like jump on that and come mm. up with products or at least with like content and suggestions that were geared towards mm. what is going on like right this second. I think that's really cool, but it can make things extra overwhelming because that's like just more products being thrown at you and more like terms. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's a new product every single day. I was like, what is another one? What is another one? And yeah, it can get really overwhelming, but it's fun. I mean, mm-hmm. at the same time, as, I, as much as I complain that oh, it's so confusing, I was like, oh, I can't wait to get a hold of it. Exactly. <laughs> I, can't to, I can't wait to try it. Is there one thing, one ingredient, though, that even if a company comes out with the most amazing product of this ingredient that you would never try or use? Horse oil. Okay, so I think it was like five, four or five years ago, that was the trending ingredient in Korean skincare, horse oil, because 
that the marketing around it is it's very similar in composition to like human mm-hmm. sebum. So it's really good for dry skin because it mimics like the same lipids that your skin produces, yada, yada, yada. So I got the most like well-known cream, the horse oil cream at the time. It's like I couldn't use it more than once because I swear to you that it smelled like beef fat. Like... Um, like I had it, it was fragranced. It had like a nice citrus fragrance, but maybe my nose is just sensitive to it. But I could smell that it smells like steak fat underneath it. And ever since then, and it's not so obviously people that you know will only use like vegan products would never be interested in the first place. Yeah. Like animal concerns, the horse oil that these brands were sourcing was coming from farms in like Germany that were already processing horses for eating, like as a food source so they weren't like more horses were not losing their lives to make the Mm. products so i just want to make that real clear because if it was different obviously like no one would want it anyway so it wasn't that it was just literally like texturally and smell wise i was like i couldn't do it i think i used the rest of it on my feet because i just like i like steak i don't really want to smell (laughs) it on my face yeah so that's my like big no-no and then um a few years ago there was like a synthetic snake venom ingredient that was kind of trendy and that just didn't really do anything for me yeah like i tried it a few times and eh, whatever i feel like we also don't know of many skincare ingredients that the rest of the world is using right there's so much culture that goes on and see i mean different cultures have different skincares and this and that and most of them are not even commercialized yet so we may probably not have known about them yet and and I guess that's something that we'll have to look out for that these countries will probably be like, oh, here's our best kept secret <laughs> ingredient for decades, for centuries. And that's one of the final things. I wanted to delve again into your book where beyond the pragmatic you know, exploration into these ingredients and how to use them and when to use them or for who it is made for. You really touch a lot about the self-care aspect of, and this is something that we've been touching upon this whole life, the self-care aspect of skincare. I mean, each time I do skincare, I just feel like endorphins are released. And I mean, biochemically, that's literally what's happening. There's that sense of excitement and joy, and you put it, and your mood is automatically lifted, right? And you look forward to doing it. And for self-care is really like, and you can speak on this too, based on your blog in 2015 as well, is such a great anchor for mental health. And mental health is physical. So it's just so great. I mean, that's why it's such an honor for you to have been with me tonight, because you truly are one of the people I look up to in the sphere of skincare, because, I mean, it's evident how it's changed your life, right? What is your biggest hope for the world of skincare in the years to come? Okay, so this is a big one. I'm going to tell a story and then I'll explain how that answers the question. Mm-hmm. Like a few years ago, I was in an airport and I was like waiting for a plane. So I was shopping around just to pass the time. I went to like a Kiehl's store and I was mm-hmm. looking at, I don't know, eye creams or something. And the sales assistant was sort of saw me looking at the eye cream so she was trying to suggest one to me and she suggested it as like yeah this will be really good for the wrinkles around your eyes and so I was like really where and I was like I mean I wasn't going to be mean to her like I imagine that this is something that's taught as a sales tactic but you know so I was like asking her well which ingredients in this cream would do that 
like because I've been looking at the ingredients on the back I wanted to hear what she had to say she didn't really like have a good answer it was just kind of the whatever was the name of the ingredient that was in the name of the product mm -hmm. but so my hope for people in skincare is that enough people will be knowledgeable and enough people will understand these marketing tactics and sales tactics that depend on making you feel bad about yourself to be able to enjoy skincare and benefit from it without falling into the trap of feeling like you're using it because you're not good enough yeah. right now because i really really hate that and so like yeah. it took a lot for me to not be mean back to the sales associate because I yeah, like I hate yeah. that style of selling I don't think it's yeah. like acceptable yeah. at all but you see that sort of played out online on social media in beauty marketing and advertising I would just love for as many people as possible to be like immunized against it by having knowledge yeah definitely the whole world of marketing when it comes to skincare has been set to like exploit people's insecurities mm -hmm. that's already there instead of offering it to accentuate the self-love that we could exactly. already have, right? Exactly. Skincare has the power and how people share it to either make you or break you. I mean, exactly. when, I when I was having really, really bad acne, I was also in a mall and someone from a brand, I won't say you, proactive, came up to me and, <laughs> came up to me and was like, oh, you need this. I was like, and I was like 16 year old boy at that time. So, you know, in my mind, it's formed already was, oh, this is all the, what the world sees. It's my face, my skin, and right. all of the flaws that's in it. When, in fact, that, that opportunity could have been made to be like, you know, oh, try this out. There's hope in these products. You can have fun using them. And we actually use these products not to hide or blur any flaws or any scars, but you know, to present it in a way in our skin that we can go out, still have them and be proud of it and be happy and confident, right? Exactly. And that has been your mission and it's so evident. And thank you so much for not only being an internet big sister to everybody, but honestly being a source of inspiration for many, especially when it comes to this world of not only skincare, but it really transcends the skin. It goes to the soul. Hence the name of your book, Skincare for Your Soul. And I feel like that's what skincare does for us. And I'm so honored to have you there too as my internet big sister to talk to me about it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you for taking the time to talk with me. And uh, Of course. As we name drop so many, <laughs> so many, so many friends today. But have a great night there in the West Coast. I'm so jealous of your weather. It's snowing here right now. <laughs> have a great night, everybody. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you, dude. Bye. We have now reached the end of the story. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Friends of France. I hope you had an enjoyable adventure learning about our expert guests, their work, and why they do the things that they do. Please check out the rest of the series available on all podcast platforms. Please also consider following the podcast on the platform that you prefer. Turn on the alerts for new episodes so you don't miss new stories. And give us a rating to support the show. You can find more updates on the podcast's official Instagram at Friends of France Pod or my personal Instagram at Chris Franz. That's without the I because there is no I in team. <laughs> I'm kidding. Someone already took the username. Have a great day or night, everybody.